it can be whatever you want it to be. Well, the foreman in particular, you know, that job can either be exciting and, and beneficial and profitable and it, it, you can see things that you probably would never ever get to see, but you have to make it that way. This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth. Exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host, John Barsness. Welcome to this episode of From Paint to Purpose, where we explore the role of project manager and foreman at FCP Services with project manager Jerry Brockway where he describes where the field comes first and finding motivation through the work and staying because of the challenge of that work. Enjoy the conversation. Why don't you just start out by telling us, uh, you know, how you got involved with FCP services and what role that was to begin with. Originally, originally I, I worked, uh, I got to know Chip personally and then, uh, they were just starting to do all these Lowe's things. And I had just recently moved up to the cities. Um, so I kind of hounded them for a job for a while. And uh, uh, so then I, yeah, that's how I started painting. Um, I ended up, I, the first thing I ever painted was a Lowe's. And that's how I started. Um, I was young and wild. And uh, they didn't, uh, uh, they, we had to part ways. Um, and then I, you know, uh, and then what, so I remember when the, the housing market tanked, well, I was working for a commercial contractor up in uh, Brainerd and when it, when it all went down, I ended up getting laid off and, and this and that, but, uh, at this, at that time it was final coat painting and they were still hiring. Um, and I still knew Chip kind of personally, kind of. And uh, so I came in and I, I asked for a job and I told him I just wanted to paint. Uh, I didn't want any kind of foreman role or supervisor or anything. Um, I was just going to do it for a couple of years because um, I had done the job and I, I know how stressful it is and I know what kind of sacrifice it takes. And I, I didn't think I was willing to, to do that. Um, so right off the get-go, James and uh, Robert. Uh, put me on a couple projects uh, doing egress paths. And uh, I was doing an egress path out in uh, wherever Lowe's home office is, South North Carolina, something like that. And uh, we were doing them. Uh, we finished it up, and uh, Robert peeks his head around the corner, and he says, uh, oh, by the way, you're going to be a foreman, and I'm going to pay you this amount of money, and and then there's bonuses at the end of the year. And that's how I got started as a foreman. <laughs> so you came into it saying, I don't want to do anything but paint. I, I don't want the stress of it. I don't need any of that. I just no. want to have a job. And typical of our organizational style, it's, hey, this, we think you can do this. And you may not think you want to do it or think you can do it, but we're going to let you do it anyway. Right. And yeah. And knowing what you know about Robert, you're not going to say no to him because not because he's going to hound you uh, other than just to say, I think you can do it. And you're just, we just need you to do it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, James actually is the one who taught me how to spray when I first started way, way, way back. And so it's like, yeah, you know, 
and I, you know, so it's like if they ask you to do something, you just kind of want to do it for them. And so I tried. And, uh, yeah, what is it now, 10 years later? So it was the plan was two years, and then what? What were you thinking after that, just to get a job for two years? And Yeah, just kind of ride out the, the, uh, the economy downturn, and then I would go back to um, a normal life, you know, normal job, normal things, and it just didn't, just didn't pan out that way. And, and 10, year, 10 years later, ten years here, later here I yeah. am, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about what that job difference was. So you were, before this, you weren't traveling all over the place as much uh, right. as you did now. And then you become a foreman for us and we're doing Lowe's stores. And really we were had only done Lowe's stores nationally. That was the only client we had at the time. Um, so how many years did you do that and just work on Lowe's stores and, and run crews? Uh, well, my at that time, we there was a few targets as well kind of sporadically. And I did that for six or seven years. Um, the last couple of years, then, then they started throwing in the Walmarts and things like that. And then, uh, um, then, I don't know, as they were growing the you know, the carrot dangle started coming out about, Hey, you know, there's project management job or more of an office job. You don't have to travel as much. Um, could be a little bit more of a, uh, I hate to say it, but I, you know, I never looked at the the foreman job as a career path. You know, that was something for just to get the bills paid. You know, but so as soon as they started talking about growing and finding other openings, and you know, there's other things you can do for the company, and I'm like, well, I'm already here, so I might as well put on the best show I possibly can, and uh, and shoot for that. So going back to being a foreman uh, on our traveling crews, paint the picture for people of what that looks like and what that experience was for you and what the, the, both the positive things were and some of the stresses and challenges of being a traveling foreman. What'd that season mm. look like? Uh, it's hard to explain. Um, I, I don't think you're ever, I don't, I don't think you're ready for it. I think either you learn how to do it or you don't. I don't think it's, it's not really, you know, you go from, I mean, you're responsible for these guys all day, every day. Uh, the good parts and the bad parts, you know, I'm responsible for getting them rooms. I mean, responsible for getting them paid. I'm responsible for, you know, making sure they stay out of trouble, you know, Maybe I'm a little too kind hearted, but I didn't never wanted to see my guys get get into trouble out on the road because, you know, I've heard all sorts of horror stories, um, you know, but, then you know, at the same time, then you're responsible for, you know, maybe some of the bad apples that you get, you know, when they do stuff, they get you thrown out of a hotel room, you know, or they, you know, this and that and this and that. And it's like, you gotta, it's, it's a cat and mouse game. It's, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to wrangle in the kittens, you know. And hopefully, hopefully you got a few good ones to balance out kind of the, the fillers. Cause that's, that's basically what happens. Um, and there's an option there, whether you get close to your guys or not, you know, and I tried to get close to them in the beginning. Um, and I found out that doesn't work so well. You know, you, you do have to, you can be friendly, um, but you can't 
be their friends because it, it doesn't work, you know? So even at that, then it can be a very lonely experience. Um, but you can make a, a lot of money, you know? So it's like, that's what you're, that's what you're doing. You're, you're trading, you know, it's like, is it worth it? That's what it was for me. And not to say that I didn't enjoy parts of it. You know, my first couple of years out, I went places that I never had ever been or never thought I would go, you know? I mean, I went out to New York. I went to, you know, where else? I was in Texas. I was, I worked in Pennsylvania. Um, and all that was very fun. And then the second year was better yet. I got out to Colorado and I got out to, um, where did I spend most of my time? Mostly in Colorado, which was awesome. Um, you know, at, at this point, I have literally been to all the 48 states and I've spent a fair amount of time in all of them, which is really cool. Like, I mean, not many people can say that. It's like, I didn't, you know, I think at this point, I think I've worked in almost all of them, which means I spent two weeks ish at least in every state. And it's like, you know, that experience is, it's pretty neat, you know? Yeah. It, it's an opportunity that people don't think about, but you did mention too, that there is that sacrifice. You have yes. to make a decision on this is what I'm going to do because in our business, you, whenever you get started, whether that is in March or April, you're going until November basically. Yep. And, and you may get a, a week, week off maybe. Uh, but otherwise you, you don't make money if you're not out on the road. And, uh, for those guys who have families at home and they're, that's the, what they're supplying for their family. Um, what were some of the challenges that you faced uh, when, as you got into year three and year four and year five about kind of listening when there was opportunities to take on maybe a different role and what was the, what was the, the, you know, the shine wears off of, of seeing new places. Then you focus on, you know, I mean, there's talk yourself into all sorts of crazy stuff. You know, like I, I spent a couple of years doing everything I possibly could to be the top crew. And I think I even made it one year, you know, but I was always a couple percent. I was in the top, you know, three or four after my first two years, probably because I was, you know, sightseeing all the time. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I found little challenges and it's like, well, if I did this and I made this amount of money. Well, if I can do more, then I can make more money. And then, you know, and then, then again, it's worth it. And then, you know, and then you want to, you know, then you start hearing the carrot dangle. So then you start playing nice, you know, because you do get, it really changes your attitude towards things. It makes you very combative. It really, when, when the office would call or, or my immediate supervisor would call, all I could hear was the bad stuff. All I could hear was how I was being undercut. And all I, that's all I could hear because, you know, you are so stressed and you are so taken to task all the time. Um, so keeping your eye on, a, on something bigger and better made me more cooperative. It made me more, made me want to play nicer, you know, where, you know, some guys can't seem to wrap their head around that, you know. And so as you were transitioning from being a, an experienced foreman, uh, what was the conversation? What was the conversation like when they said, 
hey, Jerry, you've done a fantastic job in the field. Here's your opportunity to become a project manager. How did that play out? Kind of like everything else around here. We need, we need somebody to do that right now. You want it or no? And that's how it happened. Um, I guess I, I always kind of knew that I was, as far as the people they were looking at to do the job, I was kind of knew I was in the front running, you know, for various reasons. Um, I was, you know, very happy. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's better nowadays, but at the time you don't know what that role is and it's not, and it's basically because nobody else knows what that role is going to be either. You know, we figure it out, you know, I mean, originally I was supposed to uh, do more with subcontracting and stuff and try to manage subs and, and to kind of take care of stuff that way and, and have just a few in-house guys. Well, you know, as things turned out, now I run most of the in-house guys and I have almost no subs. <laughs> so, you know, it's, you just, you, you do what you got to do, you know? And in an organization that obvious, when you started, we were probably a three to $5 million company. Something like um, that, yeah. and, and now, you know, 10 years later, we are, uh, I think last year we did just over 25 million or so in, in revenue. And there's just been this growth mindset for the organization. So your experience of, hey, we need a foreman, you're going to be, a, do you want it? Uh, hey, we need a project manager, do you want it? What are some of the, the challenges you found with the that mindset of growth and, you know, while it comes with opportunity, it also comes yeah. with a, um, a different mindset that you have to have in order to continue to adapt as the organization grows without knowing how we're going to grow because we don't really know what's next. Right. Are you saying personally? Yeah, for you personally. Um, I, I guess I, I, I'm, I'm lucky that way. I, I don't. I'm always going to try to do the best I can do in any given situation. For no other reason than I'm just built that way. I guess you know, I, my dad ingrained it in me. You know, you want what. You know, if you want more than other people, you work harder than other people. If you want a better position, you work for that position, regardless of what it means. You know, you know, I worked for my father for a short time and there, it, there's no such thing as oh, that's not in my job description. That's not, you know, you just do what you need to do to get the job done. And eventually people, they notice potentially most of the time. Um, and you just, you got to go by that. You have to be satisfied with what you do during the day. You have to be okay with, you know, you have to know that you did the best you could do. That's all really all there is. So when you transitioned to a project management role, you obviously had the experience of knowing what it was like to be on the road, knowing what it was like to be responsible 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a crew. So when you started managing in-house crews, what was your mindset around how do I help them uh, learn what I know and to be successful? Because obviously you were, you were expected to provide some of that guidance, but you were also motivated because you only made money when they made money, right? I mean, that's the, 
nature of, of any business, but typically in, in, in our world, that's how it works. So what did you, what was that like looking at it from the other lens when you, when you now took over a, as a project manager compared to being a foreman? I think, so when I talk to, when I talk to the guys now, I try to find out what their motivation is. Why are they doing what they're doing? And then I try to cater to that. You know, we have some, um, we have a couple of guys that are very money motivated. So when I speak to them guys, you know, I try to explain to them, Hey, if you do this, this, and this, you know, you, you're, you're going to get more money. And then there's other guys who just want a nice secure spot and they want to be recognized for doing a good job and they want to be, you know, whatever. So when you talk to those guys, um, you try to, you know, you cater to what their motivation is understanding of course that you still need to hit your budgets and, and this and that um but that's basically they have to they have to like you they have to trust you they have to think you know and it's not even it's, it's not a mind game i really do care what happens to them out there but they have to know it they have to know that they're that i'm on their side you know and that means a lot to those guys it really does so it's just, you know, like I said, it's, just, it's finding out what, what motivates them and talking to them in that fashion. Obviously, we just come, uh, have come off of a season that was like no other. Uh, COVID hit in March, I think, of last year when it started to really affect our business. As a project manager with, um, you know, you probably had at that point, you, I think you had eight or nine crew with, you know, four to five people on each crew. So somewhere between 40 and 45 humans that you were responsible for uh, out on the road in the midst of a pandemic. What went through your mind as you were, as, as you tried to navigate something that nobody else had navigated before? I don't know. I don't know that. Just, I don't know that I really looked at it that way. I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, just the rules have changed a little bit. You still have to do your job, but you still have to do it. Now you have to do it within, you know, more narrow boundaries. Um, but helping navigate all of that, I would have been completely lost if it wasn't for Carol and Yehanna. Those guys, I mean, they were my sounding board. They were um, my idea people. They were, you know, they were great the whole time. Um, I'm not kissing ass. That's they were. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been able to navigate it if it weren't for them. Did you have any uh, folks in the field that were con that expressed concern about being out there in the midst of, of pandemic, or did they just go, okay, well, this is our job. We've got to just deal with it and and move on. Yeah, I think more more it was a mentality of uh, we just got to deal with it and move on. Um, some of the guys were pretty. Mm, pretty proud of themselves which is great you know but i mean you know there's one guy in particular like he he really took a lot of pride in keeping his guys safe and uh, trying to keep them on this in the straight and narrow and and you know so i really didn't have much problem i mean they had that one but you know what are you gonna do well, out of all of that, you, that you yeah. had to manage uh, only to have one that had any kind of challenges uh, or significant challenges anyway, right. was was key. 
So when we look at at the diverse business that we're doing today, that we're not doing one uh, one client, one type of store uh, anymore. On any given day, you can be managing uh, eight or nine crews, and they may be doing uh, two or three different types of projects. How do you shuffle between each of those uh, crews? You have some foremen who have a lot of experience and they probably don't need as much uh, time. But I know last year we spun up multiple crews for you that uh, that had never done this before. Um, So how do you balance the different experience and the different challenges that each of these types of clients bring to the table? Um, Most I think most of it is, is knowing your guys. Uh, I was lucky in in being able to put certain people in certain places because um, they're technically, you know, on the technical side, there's there's harder projects to do, you know, and I really do have some super solid foremen. Um, and then I got a couple of newbies that that are, you know, they just need a little bit more more help. And so it's it's beneficial to me to to be able to kind of at least. Uh, place guys where, where I know, the fit will be better. At least it was last year. I know they're going to need to grow and get better as well. But last year, just because of how swamped everybody was, it was I really just needed people to do what they could do, you know. And I was right most of the time. But there was a few times I was not right at all, <laughs> you know. So. So when you think about your journey with FCP services, you've talked kind of about the start and stop. You were here, they asked you to leave, then you came back. Um, they were justified in, in asking <laughs> me to leave. I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> and yet you've, you've managed to be here for 10 years. So what about the culture, the people continues to keep you um, coming back for one, but why do you stay? been financially worth it um as a foreman that's primarily why i stayed um as a project manager though it hasn't always been financially worth it but um i think there's i think there's something to be said about the challenge you you know last year was super challenging and at the end of it although i was fried and very I was just fried put it that way but you know after I calmed down and and shook it off you know I'm very proud of what I was able to accomplish you know I mean it was an uphill battle all year you know so it's good to to work outside your normal comfort from time to time I think and you you get more than your fair share of opportunity to do that here, you know? So. Well, you do, absolutely. And I think this part of the, the culture started with Chip and, and obviously has progressed with James and Robert in, in that same mindset. We want to give people opportunities. Um, you need to be ready for them as best you can be. But then you also have to lean on the people around you to, to help elevate that. So as you think about the future for you, what is it you're hoping to be able to accomplish, uh, not just here at FCP, but what motivates you uh, to to continue to grow and learn and and um... I, th- I I enjoy it. I enjoy the the different things that I get to do. I I enjoy 
um, my first year, or my shoes should say my second year, but I've, I did a lot of flying. I was here and I was there and I was here and I was there and I was here, but I was, I was home most weekends and, and that was awesome for me. You know, um, there is money to be made. Um, and, and that is directly related to how much you want to put into it, how hard you want to go after it. So I, you know, there isn't technically any kind of limit on that. And that's super appealing. You know, I don't, I don't know that I want to be in a, a higher up position or a leadership position or, or anything. I don't know. Um, as of right now, I just, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Um, and until I feel like I've expended all, <laughs> all the opportunities that are available to me in this, I don't really plan on leaving this job, this position. When you think about, you know, obviously every year there's different projects. Uh, this year we're going to take on stuff that we've never done before, just like we've done every every year, really, in, in, in for at least the last five years. Um, how do you how do you help your guys uh, get past maybe that reluctance to 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 take on a new project? Um, how do you motivate them to take on something they haven't done before? Mm. The same way I used to motivate myself, you know, um, if I'm, you know, when I was a foreman and I had to do stuff that I didn't want to do, uh, the, the bottom line is, is, you know, as long as I work here, I have to do what's asked of me to do. That's all, I, you know, I, sometimes it's awesome. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's not awesome. That's just how it is. You know, and I try to, and I, I try to say that to the guys without, without being, without being nasty about it. You know, it's, you do, you have to take the good with the bad, you know, hopefully, hopefully you're not in an area where you have to paint steel roofs by hand for two months. Hopefully you're not, but if you are, then you have to do that if you want to work here. And then after that, you can go back to doing the stuff that you normally do and chalk it up to experience. And, you know, if you got to do it again, you'll have a better idea on how to do it. And, you know, that's, that's kind of it. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. That's all. If you think back to your younger days, whether that was, you know, in your career, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? I would have started working here a lot, a lot sooner. Um, I, I missed out on some of, I missed out on some of the initial growth spurts, which found a lot of people in really good positions. Um, and I was just like two years too late on all of it. And so I would have probably that. Um, I've never minded painting. I've never, you know, it's a legit job, you know. Well, the good news is we're not going to be done growth uh, with those growth spurts. And so the next right. opportunity, right. we'll be, be we'll, you'll be, you'll be here for those, well, well, it, you know, it highlights, I think the, the culture that we have here is that sometimes that you got to be lucky, but sometimes you also have to be in the right spot at the right time and be noticed to 
know that you're the person that we want to tap on the shoulder and say, it's your turn. Right. Um, well, that's life well, you know, yeah. for, for the most part. Yeah, I think so. Uh, absolutely. So when you think about one lesson that you might tell somebody who is walking in the door to FCP services, whether it's as a painter, a foreman, or a project manager, or even somebody that's going to be taking on a leadership role in the organization, what what's one piece of advice that you would give that person? It, it can be whatever you want it to be. And that's, you know, anytime I talk, well, the foreman in particular, you know, that job can either be exciting and, and, and beneficial and profitable. And it, it, you can see things that you probably would never ever get to see, you know, but you have to make it that way. Like, I'm not going to be out there holding your hand on a rain day to say, hey, uh, you're in Maine. Take the afternoon, go drive up the coast, you know, or things like that. Or go to the top of the Rocky Mountains on a rain day or, or, or whatever, you know. Um, that's, that's what I try to tell the guys in the field, you know. And as far as, like, making money out there, again, it can be whatever you make it to be. If, if you if you try hard and you pay attention, you can make money out there. Um, as far as like, you know, project managers and, and I couldn't even begin to comment on leadership because I don't really know what you guys do. Um, but as far as somebody coming into operations, again, you know, the biggest thing for us, I believe still to this day, is we need to take care of the field. If we don't take care of the field, nobody does well nobody you know so and it's sometimes it's sometimes you got to work around corners to help them um but that's what has to be done and i still believe it and that's that's still the way i operate is that uh, the field comes first yeah i think that i think that is shared by the vast majority of people in the organization because we all know that if they're not working and and they're not happy and they're not uh successful nobody else is uh that's certainly been something that started with chip uh, when he founded the company and continues to this day uh and i think as we grow it's sometimes harder to remember that uh because there are so many things coming at us that that we just simply have to take a step back uh and remember that one piece i think one of the things that everybody at the leadership level, especially in 2020, recognized was that to make sure that we were taking care of the people around us as much as much as we humanly could in the midst of, of challenging times. It wasn't just about making sure they had the right equipment. That's important. It wasn't just about making sure that they uh, had the information they needed, but it was truly, what do we need to do to make sure they stay safe? And that was something that was on our front of our minds almost every day because it had to be not because from a selfish perspective, it meant we made more money. That wasn't really the issue. It was how do we make sure that everybody remains in the organization and we don't have to lay people off. And I think that's one of the things I look back on from 2020 and I'm proud of. We didn't lay anybody off. We didn't terminate people um, because business wasn't there or because we could have been more profitable had we done those things. There was never even a conversation about that. Uh, And I, and, and so that and that's a testament to the work that you've done. Uh, you've t- taken on in in just the last two years. You've taken on a tremendous amount that 
nobody asked you to really, other than we just said, Hey, we need you to step up. And every time I've asked you to do that, you've stepped up. Um, how's your Spanish by the way? Mm, it's, uh, still I'm starting. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Um, it's something, well, so going back to, so, you know, so when, so when the COVID hit originally, you know, and I've been, I've worked here long enough now where I've seen a few seasons where, where it really, it didn't look like we were going to do well. And not that we did great this year as far as profit margins and all that go, but, um, you know, I learned early on here, you know, I, after the first time or two where there was some kind of weird panic about not being enough work, I, I don't even think about it anymore. <laughs> I really don't. They, yeah, whoever is on the sales team, they make it happen and they always have, and they always will as far as I'm. It's true. It uh, is. It, it, yeah, it absolutely is. But I think it's because there's this genuine care that we want to do what's right. And we want to make sure people are taken care of. It goes back to chips founding, uh, of taking other taking care of others first before he paid himself and before he did anything else for himself. I think we all take that uh, approach uh, every day uh, because that's who we are as an organization. Uh, Jerry, I thank you for being a part of it today. Uh, your insights have been uh, good. And I think everybody who is listening to this, uh, especially those who are on the outside looking in and wondering what our culture is all about and who we are as an organization, we'll find value in what you said because it's real, it's genuine, and that's who we are. You know, we don't try to hide behind anything else. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, and, and anything in between is is what you're going to find when you walk in here. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think you get to be honest about, about things. You know, as, as, as companies grow, as things happen, good things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. That's just, you know, you can't, can't take it personal. Yeah. Most of the time. Try not to. Right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for being a part of it. Yep. yep. Thanks. I hope that you've been encouraged by our conversation today. To continue in that encouragement, rate us, review us, and subscribe to this podcast so you can join us on the journey as we become a great company with great employees with unlimited opportunities. Until next time. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.